All right, and we are live. What is going on, my specialist SPC here? And welcome back to the Talkalorian Live. Man, it's a sad day, man. I mean, this is the season finale, man. It was. I I, yeah. I I I have I have no words. I have no words to describe this episode. Are we going full spoiler as we start this episode off, or uh, are we going to ease into it? I think let's ease into it a little bit. Right. Okay. Because can can we spoiler. swear though? Because when we get to a certain part, I'm for sure going to swear. I do what you yeah. got to do, man. I'm going to try to control myself, but yeah, no pro no promises today. I mean, can I can I open with a question though? Spoiler free. Yes, sir. Who cried? I bawled so hard, and I, I'm probably the person who clocked into into the identity. Let's put it that way. The latest, because only when I saw the hue, only when yeah, I saw the color the of the hue, I was like. Because first I was like, it's Ahsoka. Of course they're bringing back Ahsoka. They're, they're doing the show. They just announced it makes sense. And she knows them well. But then there's yeah. the one show where you see that the Death Trooper just and, like, uh, and the hue comes in. I'm like, <laughs> the reveal, the reveal. But let's be careful because everything happened. I mean, <laughs> yeah. Lost control of the bodily fluids. Oh, so, man. Also, perfect, perfect way to close out. I mean, I didn't know how it was going to be handled since it wasn't like a part one, part two, or mm -hmm. as disjointed of a part one, part two as like season one. So I know. No, I'll be honest to you guys. I, I really thought this episode was going to be a lot longer. It was only what, 45, 47 minutes or something like yeah. that. It's the second longest of, of the season, I believe. Which is shocking. I mean, yeah. like, like I can't believe they got so much plot, so much emotion like in there that compacted that concise but without it feeling rushed like without it feeling like we missed anything yeah it's all perfect for yeah, sure that's, that's the best way i can describe this episode dude it is 100 percent perfect star wars yeah i agree i meant to yeah i meant to text you or uh tweet you ren because yeah i austin and i touched on it a little bit i already think this is a 10 out of 10 uh like I'm, yeah. I'm gonna go ahead and clock my rating in best episode of the series so far. I, I can agree with that statement, man. Yeah, it, I didn't it's, think it's really I didn't think anything <clears throat> would pass the premiere episode. But, uh, mm. oh. For me, it's it's either that this one or, or the Jedi, but they're like they're interchanging with one another because I just love both of them. Um, but yeah, this one for sure is up there, man. Faden Reed really coming in to surprise me. This is the best thing he's done. And I love the Ant-Man movies, yeah. but this is the best thing he's done. Gosh, but still, nonetheless, this is... I'm sorry, it's beautiful. It was... It everything went wrong, everything went right. I mean, like, from a in, a in a canonical perspective, in terms of character relations, like, everything kind of went wrong and went right. Like, can we, can we touch on Bo-Katan and Moff Gideon first, mm -hmm. or... So I'm going to go ahead and say, one, Mando getting the Darksaber is 110% Bo-Katan's fault. Um, yeah, that's true. She, 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 she could have mentioned the little writer about you have to defeat someone in combat like yeah. to get to take possession of it, like from a lore perspective, because it's like, think about it. Like either A, 
he discard disregards that and gets the dark saber for himself anyways or b he actually like listens to it and makes sure that she gets it for herself yeah i i think it, it comes to her pride she's too prideful to just mm. to just mention the lore and i think if she mentioned it would just have come across as expository for the audience like i have to do this and this and this to gain that which i want um and, and i like that now it creates this conflict because yes she has to defeat him but she doesn't have to kill him another nothing says uh she has to kill him also small spoilers for for rebels uh andy but uh bo-katan you did not win the dark saber through combat someone just handed it to you so what is up with that i think it's more so about like moth gideon bearing witness you know to true it, it could be that could be that i'm also curious like when he when he started grinning and just just poking the bear with all the lore like oh she has to defeat you now blah 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 well, I'm like what about you did you have to defeat anyone or did exactly you not care and did you just steal it because i'm curious about that i also love that he's still alive though that's that's, that's something really great well, that's like what I was telling you, Austin, right? Or maybe it was like both of us is like, does this mean that, you know, like language alert, but does it mean that she got her ass waxed? You know, does it mean that Moff mm. Gideon kicked, like, you know, whooped her and then got the freaking Darksaber? Because that has layers to it of like why he brought it up is because he yeah. subtly said it without saying it. And I think that's more so why it was an insult is because it wasn't about man. Maybe it wasn't about the lore of Mando conceding it to her. Mm -hmm. It was about the fact that she also had a vendetta with Gideon. So now she was robbed of the kind of the glory and the, I don't know, like the satisfaction of like defeating Moth yeah. in, contact, in combat. That could be true. That could be true. That's an interesting theory. I mean, man, that's the thing, man. This whole series, like even the three of us, man, like every episode we've theorized something. Like Andy, I know you brought up Man, I don't know how many times, like, who is this Jedi? Who is the one who Grogu reached out to? And all of us were like, there's no way it's Luke. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No way it's Luke. Well, because we were thinking Luke, we were thinking Mace, we were thinking, yeah, Luke, Mace, um, uh, maybe another Ezra. member of Ezra, Obi-Wan. Another member of Yoda's species, maybe yeah. potentially Starkiller, if somehow that works. Oh, yeah. And I only say that because, I mean, we have Thrawn confirmed as, like, full-on canon. And he started out as like legends material. So it's like there are no rules anymore. <laughs> you know, it's yeah. Yeah, I even still though, dude, I mean, a lot of questions got answered, but now uh, I saw many more. Yeah. <laughs> At least it also puts the time frame in better or the timeline in much better perspective for me. Yeah. Yeah, I know that's something you've been pretty confused about for quite a while. Yeah, and I, I would say, like, just because I'm, like, lowest on the tier out of the three of us of, like, Star Wars knowledge, so this helped so much for me. Yeah, I... For better and for worse, because holy crap, man. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, I guess without actually spoiling anything, let's just start at the beginning of the episode, man. I mean, the chase after... The doctor. Yeah. Uh, Dr. Pershing. Yeah. What's his name? Yeah, I mean, getting not really a space battle, but like you actually get some excitement up in space finally in this season. I mean, it's the first time we've seen anything that I guess I can remember since chapter five, I think it was. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of a uh, dogfight. There we go. Dogfighting. You know, yeah. which is the four minutes until the X Wing battles and TIE fighter battles that we had in the original trilogy. 
Which I think is part of what I missed in the second, the prequel movies is like, you know, like that kind of a, I mean, it makes sense, right? Because things went more ground level political, but not to deride the uh, prequel movies. It's just like, <laughs> it was like, to your point, it was nice to see it play out. All the dogfight scenes with the Razor Crest and just in the series are always like just fun to watch. Yeah. And, uh, even too, when they finally get on board, man, I mean, you got that one Imperial there who's just, Antagonizing Kara like that. Whole he believes time. in the cause, man. He believes in the empire. Jesus. Yeah, but that's also something interesting, right? An interesting point is the dichotomy, I guess, or the duality of people like, uh, <laughs> oh gosh, Bill Burr's character, um, Mayfeld. Thank you, Mayfeld. People like Mayfeld who believe in it, yeah. and then people like the his overseer general dude, and then people like this guy. You know, who yeah. believe in it, but almost like on a Holocaust, like Nazi level. Yeah, and 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 dichotomy with his with his wingmen, I guess, with his co-pilot, because he's like, "Hey, I don't want to die," and then the other guy shoots him in the back. It's like, well, damn, he's serious about this. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean that's the beauty of it, but also just how screwed up the Empire is, right? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, people in the Empire, man, they will do anything to keep it going. Like it doesn't matter what it is. If you got to kill your own guy, or if you got to just kill an entire village or whatever, destroy a planet. I mean, yeah. they will do whatever in their beliefs of yeah. having a better galaxy. Yeah. They're fanatics. That's what they are. I think you were the best friend of their, their, their Nazis. Yeah, they are. <laughs> it's always been the analogy. <laughs> I mean, oh, man. I mean, yeah, right that, away, you know, like, I mean, they're modeled after it, especially the first order, but, I think we definitely got a lot more of that fanaticism, like just on a personal level in this season, because you have like individuals, not just stormtroopers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and even, I mean, obviously we all knew it back last season, but they finally did confirm that Pershing is a cloning technician yeah. or however you want to word it. So, yeah. I mean, again, we already knew that back in heck the first or second episode when you saw the the patch on his shoulder i mean it's yeah. it's the patch from camino i mean yeah but i mean we didn't really get too too much confirmation of it until maybe like what episode six i guess uh the episode directed by oh my gosh wow why am i blanking on names um uh, either way apollo uh no not apollo. Uh, carl weathers thank you carl weathers gosh thank you episode four by the way yeah. Episode four. There we go. So chapter sixteen. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. No chapter. Okay, chapter twelve. Yeah. Twelve. Okay, 12. Math. Um, <laughs> it hurts. <laughs> so, I mean, no, we, I, I'm with you, man. I was just like, no, that this was chapter sixteen. <laughs> we done it because we've done a lot more like theorizing about the whole cloning thing, but I think this episode and chapter twelve like definitely confirmed more of that. But. Yeah set the foundation for something bigger in the series or one of the spinoff series. I don't know. Cause yeah. maybe we see Camino in, in a show that was um, announced without wanting to get into that already, but another show that was announced at the end of this one, maybe we see Camino on that. That's interesting. Actually. Yeah. We'll, we'll go, we'll go into that in a second because that that's interesting and goes back to something I was kind of curious about the series earlier. Um, 
But so, yeah, we open, like you said, with the uh, dogfight and then with Boba and with Boba and then, um, uh, let's see, uh, Marshall Dune. There we go. And mm-hmm. Kara getting into it with the uh, Empire. I, I love her little quip. Like when she's like, you know, we were on the Death Star. She's like, which one? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> she's fucking right back. <laughs> I just, I hate it because it was such a good line, but you don't get to savor it because it's just how much vitriol this dude has. Like just how freaking sharp sure. he is. Yeah. And he just knew, like, as soon as he starts poking at her, you know, oh, you're going to die, you son of a bitch. <laughs> Oh man, she just didn't even hesitate, man. She just shot him right in the head. It's like, oh, beautiful. My favorite part about that actually is the little detail that it says about the tear, because the tear apparently is a sign that you survived Alderaan. Weird that Princess Leia didn't have it, but you know, still a really nice detail. I think it might have been like a soldier tattoo. You know what Mm -hmm. I mean? It's like it's it's the rebel insignia. Yeah, Yeah. but I think that might have been like you know, like a. uh, uh, no, it might have been like part of her specific like faction, mm-hmm. not faction squadron or something like that. Yeah. It you could know. be like you said for Alderanian soldiers. Yeah, because you had the X-wing pilot we saw earlier in uh, Chapter Twelve as well, and I don't yeah. recall. I don't think he had teardrop either. No, he didn't. So that opens up some interesting questions about where Cara Dune was like actually stationed or like fighting or whatever, yeah. especially if she's Alderaan. Yeah, for sure. I guess kind of veer off topic just for like a second, but still ties in. I guess, Ren, we didn't really get your thoughts on the stuff from that was announced on Thursday last week. Uh, oh, yeah. Oof. Do you do you think the Rangers show is the Cara Dune spinoff they've been talking about? Uh, yes. I don't think she'll be like the only character. It will be her and a, a band of a few characters. Maybe we'll see the, like the Paul, Paul X-Wing fighter, the Wolf, uh, Tarson Wolf. I, I believe that's his name that we've seen throughout the season. Um, I don't expect to see Dave Filoni as a recurring character, <laughs> but, uh, but yes, I think that that will be the show that, that she stars in not alone, but yes. Mm-hmm. And, and then I guess my other question for you, man, I know we've been talking about it almost every episode you've been on, man. That Ahsoka show, is that the Rebels sequel that you want? Yes. Uh, okay, okay. I thought the question was heading somewhere else. Um, is it the Rebels sequel that I want? The only reason I, I say not exactly, I won't say no, but not exactly, I, I just would prefer animation. And if Ahsoka uh, did get her own show, I'd prefer it to be something else and not like the Rebel sequel. Uh, but I'm happy with it, especially because the logo has a certain thing on it that you know about, Austin. Uh, and he mm-hmm. doesn't know about what that is. This sucks. But I can't <laughs> wait for it. You've got to watch Rebels before that show because, man, that logo is that's way too specific. They didn't put that on by accident. Um, I mean, so that all leads me to think that either way that Thrawn is going to be explored in the Ahsoka show. Oh yeah. They've confirmed he's going to be, he's going to be the villain, at least in the first season. Um, Right. I guess that's what I mean is like, I didn't know if it was going to be a mini series like we talked about or first like two, like full on series. It's interesting because on the presentation on the Disney investor day, they were very specific about what, what was what? What was a long-running mm-hmm. series? But those two specifically, they didn't say anything about it except it's going to be 
It's going to be airing at the same time as Mandalorian, and the timeline oh. is going to be the same as Mandalorian. But they didn't say if it was a limited series, uh, a long-running series. They didn't say anything about that. And I, I love the idea of coinciding timelines. It's like, a, like, I love the idea of like seeing things from multiple perspectives or at the same time. It's like why Pulp Fiction is such a wonderful movie mm-hmm. is when you're getting different. I mean, and other movies like, right, uh, Reservoir Dogs does the same thing. Like Quentin Tarantino is really good at that. And there's other examples, but I'm not nearly as film apprised as y'all are. I'm film savvy. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. I love when you get to see multiple perspectives, same timeline, whether that's like, the same event or events that are concurrent and might feed into each other, but at the same time, you know, cause they might yeah. end up being happy coincidences. It's like the opposite of what we mentioned earlier, where as like a viewer, we know more than the uh, characters do, but it's like the idea that because something's not said, you, there's no correlation, direct correlation, but those actions might impact the other without them realizing they're impacting the other. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, yeah. that's something that fallen order and, even the last four episodes of Clone Wars do, man. I mean, we get oh, and Rogue One. Rogue One does that. No, yeah, true. But they get they give us different perspectives on Order sixty six instead of just like the characters that we know. Now we have these two extra characters and Ahsoka and Cal. And we get their perspective and how heavy Order sixty six affected them throughout the course of these the events or whatever. Yeah, not, and not only them, but you also get a, a more of a sense of how the galaxy as a whole was was affected. Because it's uh, going back to the analogy of the Empire being Nazis. It's just like when you watch certain movies that the Nazis like are not in it at all, but it's in that time where they start getting power, and you see how these these random apparently people are affected by that devastation. And in Fallen Order and in the last episodes of of Clone Wars, it was exactly that. How did that event ripple throughout the galaxy, per se? That does remind me, in a way, actually, y'all mentioned war movies. So in our uh, podcast the other day, Austin and I, uh, we were talking about war movies. Actually, this was yesterday. Wow, good night. <laughs> but we were talking about war movies because I don't gravitate that to that. But two mm-hmm. war movies I would recommend, quote-unquote, war movies, they're kind of like tangential war movies. I would recommend people see are both animated. Uh, they're both anime. Um, oh, I know what you're going to say. Oh, God. Grave of the, Fire, Grave of the Fireflies. Um, one of the best movies I never planned to watch again. And, Same. And um, uh, The Wind Rises by Hayao yeah. Miyazaki. And they're tangential war movies because the former, Grave of the Fireflies, deals with two war orphans. Right During World War II, you never hear about the atom bomb. You never hear about Nazis but it is still like how they're treated and how they have to survive consequential to the events going on around them. And then uh, the wind rises is about the Japanese engineer who helped like who ultimately led to the Japanese aviation revolution that led to Japanese kamikaze pilots. Yeah. Uh, That, that, that one, without wanting to deter the conversation towards that, I just want to say I can watch the wind rises again because I feel that as, as, um, as a more positive ending like because it is so just tend it's it's parallel just parallel and it's not actually in the war but grave of the fireflies man i cannot watch that again jesus yeah well i like like in terms of like that whole war and coincidental idea like in a way and this is maybe something i'd like to see we kind of get this in star wars peppered in and out but i feel like grave of the firefly i mean the wind rises does a great job of 
telling the innocent perspective of like this technology that was gone on to do terrible things, but it wasn't the inventor's fault necessarily. You know, exactly. the author or the creator doesn't determine what the consumer does with their work. Exactly. You know, like Eli Whitney created interchangeable parts, which, you know, went on to greatly speed up how guns could be built, vehicles, tanks, but they're also the reason why we have Legos, you know, so. It's true. But yeah, so that's like also a perspective I like is when there are kind of innocent quote unquote actions or B-sides that have like those, I know, those like large, like larger scale implications. Like, especially when you find out like Rogue's whole backstory. Yeah, true. Yeah, man, I just, uh, well, even to uh, Rogue One, I mean, the Rebels even show they're not all that innocent. Yeah. Cassian Andor is a huge example there. Yeah. That's why that's why I love that character. I cannot wait for for his show because they paint the uh, Mandalore and other stuff has done this. Uh not specifically Rogue One, and that's not a bad thing, but I like how Mandalorian has has the these instances where it kind of humanizes not the Empire, but people who are a part of the Empire. Mm-hmm. Um and Rogue One does this does the reverse for the rebellion, which is like, yeah, they're not all like goody goody two shoes. They're they're people who are morally gray. Well, that's what it takes. And you know, it like is a beautiful portrait of like human morality. You know, I mean, especially when you get into the whole quote unquote Robin Hood archetype, yeah. you know, which is still from the rich give to the poor. It's like just because they're rich doesn't mean they're a bad person, you know. Exactly. But also it's like, are you stealing from the rich or are you killing the rich and taking their money? And this, exactly. this ain't a whole wealth cap argument. All I'm saying is, you know, it's like there is good coming out of the action, but the steps to get there are that do they justify the good being done? Exactly. I mean, yeah, you know, in Rogue One, definitely. And I guess that's because I like the movie. But at the same time. I love the movie. I'm yeah. with you. But, oh, I'm the same way, man. I mean, I might have my occasional problem here and there. Unfortunately, Ron, Cassian Andor is my biggest problem with that movie. I, <gasps> How dare you? <laughs> I mean, I'm not a fan, but I mean, I look at it this way, dude. Boba was the same way when we started the series, man. And True. By the sixth episode now, I'm a fan. And even every episode that passes, I'm more and more of a fan. So oh, maybe... That- Maybe Andor will do the same thing for me. Who knows? That does remind me something that was so, man, something that had huge implications. I mean, once again, um, low tier Star Wars guy. But one thing that was beautiful is the bar scene when they go to confront uh, Bo-Katan and her crew, Bo-Katan and her mm-hmm. crew is how many dynamics there are, how human it felt like to like watch these different sects of like Mandalorian culture come together. Right. Yeah. Cause you have like, Boba Fett, who was cloned, and then you have the like kind of royal, the royalty side of things with Bo Katan, and then you have this apparent cult follower who didn't know he was a cult follower um, in Mando. Yeah, a religious zealot. I like like that that you bring up that scene because I saw a lot of people having issues with uh, Cosca Reeves owning, and I use very firm uh, quotation marks uh, owning Boba Fett because I thought that came out of tie 
And I actually like that it came out of tight because, yes, Boba Fett is a badass. He really is. But Mandalorians in general are badasses as well. So well, he's going to have his handfuls if he messes with a Mandalorian. Also, he, she, like, I'm willing to admit she owned him because you got to remember one, seeing a jetpack used in a combative aspect was awesome. Yeah. You know, like, incorporate into combat. Like, I love stuff like that. Um, but then, and I know you got to remember Boba was, without his armor for how long five years at least yeah and then boba was without his armor for that long we don't know how repaired it got i mean we know it's still destructive as hell which is a testament to how freaking impervious beskar is yeah you know because it he means also detect- polished it yeah in between scenes in episode seven he polished it <laughs> oh heck yeah dude come on you got to pull up if you're gonna pull up you gotta pull up correct i mean of course of course me, me and andy were talking about that Last on last week's episode, and I looked at him. I stole a line he said about uh, Mando when he comes out with all the best cards. <laughs> one of the cleanest drips ever. <laughs> exactly, it's true. It's true. I mean, even There's... Boba rolling out full regalia in his old battle scarred armor was like, ah, uh, crap. This could go yeah. very wrong or very right. Yeah. So, about to comment on that, uh, Costa Reeves. I mean, man, she she's used to choreographed fights. I mean, she's used to winning, so I mean, come on. That's true. You got a point there, Austin. You got a point. Just dropping that mic in there somewhere. And to be fair, you know, we don't get to see too, too much of her. I mean, obviously we get to see her a little bit, right? And we know she's a formidable combatant in in um, uh, episode, I guess that was three, um, third episode, so chapter 11. Uh, 11. Yeah, um, so we get to see a little bit of that when she's introduced, but especially if she's going to remain in the series, which I'm assuming, you know, she's going to stay in the series, like just their, them concreting that live action, concreting that she is a formidable account um, combatant is like pretty important, I would say. Yeah. Also, book of 10 would just have some random good enough fighters around her. She's going to have the best. <laughs> basically, royal, basically royal guard, you know. So. Exactly. I mean, man, can we, can we even talk about, too, the com- the, the conversation between Bo-Katan and Boba? I mean, she yeah. like, I, I know you're kind. You're a clone. My, this is my father's armor. No, you mean you're a donor? Like, yeah. Ooh, ooh, my favorite hey. line in that one actually was the, I've heard your voice a thousand times before. And I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah you did. <laughs> That's brutal. Also goes to show that the ears have not been kind for Boba Fett because in the timeline he's younger, much younger than than um, Bo-Katan. So really, yeah, because yeah, because he's born around because he's a kid in Attack of the Clones. According yeah. to Clone Wars, Bo-Katan is already an adult, a full-on adult uh, around that same time. Uh, maybe a year after that at most, but she's already a grown woman. And now look at them. The years have not been kind to Boba. But we also have to remember, like, with the passing too, is like, is he quote unquote older than her from like a year perspective, you know, like from a temporal perspective or from like a physical perspective, you know, like, cause clones, I forget how clones work, but you know, is there like kind of a genetic degeneration over time, you know, maybe like a kind of flaw inherent to that, you know, yeah, I don't know. He's an altered clone. Like they messed around with his genes so that he would grow up to be like a regular human. Where yeah, like exactly. that's what that's what other, I was thinking. The other clones had like advanced aging, so they were ready to fight a lot sooner. 
Yep. Yeah. According to the timeline, it should be like 35, something like that at this point. No, maybe uh, 40 because five years after the return of the Jedi. So maybe, yeah. Uh, so maybe 40. Yeah, Bo Katan should be like 55, 60, maybe. But I like to I like to think that there was a little bit of a reversal in Bo Katan's like kind of appraisal of him in a way. Like once he gets into his fight and kind of holds his own, you know, like holds his own and she basically roasts her crew for like, you know, it's like, well, if maybe if you guys maybe fought that hard, maybe we wouldn't have lost the planet. <laughs> yeah. So That's I feel true. like that kind of inverted the equation where it's like, okay, it feels like she recognizes Bobo a little bit more. Yeah. But also it's important that she does not consider him a Mandalorian. This is an important mm -hmm. point to to what we'll talk about that comes after the episode per se. Uh, mm -hmm. but just to establish, Mandalorians do not consider Boba Fett a Mandalorian, so yeah. not, neither will I. Not that, that, not that I mean that as an offense to him, but I will not consider him a Mandalorian. <laughs> I mean, he's really not, though. I mean, he doesn't yeah, live by the creeds. I mean, he basically I got mean, the armor passed down to him. You got to remember, like, you got to remember, like, by that logic, though, he's technically a foundling. You know, like, even though he's got a don't, yeah. you know, even though he's got a donor. So he's kind of in this weird zone between being ch like children of the watch. So like old school Mandalore, like religion, you know, like and, tra and tradition and like the new school Bo-Katan path where you can take off your helmet. You can do this that, and the other. So realistically like he is a mandalorian just kind of caught between these two like different factions that were we know about of mandalorian culture or current state mandalorian culture yeah i mean once again that's from viewer perspective though you know in universe yeah not really considered a mandalorian and even too man i know uh ren you'll probably know but we actually get to see uh bo-katan ship there oh yeah I believe she has that in Clone Wars. I think so. I th I thought she did. Like when I saw the yeah. final episodes of Clone Wars, where her and Ahsoka like depart, I thought we saw her ship. Yeah, I think so too. Yeah, in those final four, when when they're arriving in Mandalore, when it's, yeah. when they're starting the the attack, I think so. Yeah, you're right. See, ha! See, that did come back to help y'all out when y'all uh, recommended I watch those series episodes <laughs> weeks ago, which were freaking brilliant. But I mean, it was also stressful the landing sequence. Um, whenever they come up with their plan and mm -hmm. they uh, are gonna land the Lambda fighter, um, mm -hmm. right? Lambda, yeah. Lambda. Gosh, because you didn't know if I mean, Gideon is so insidious. I mean, case in point, one of his lines is just like, you know, as a rule, assume I know everything. Yes. And that he comes off that way, you know, like master yeah. planner. So you don't know if he already knows the gig is up because yeah. I think part of it, like he looked like he was calculating something when he was like listening to her voice. Like he might have recognized it was Bo-Katan's voice. Yeah. Like, or he was debating if it was her or considering it mm -hmm. or he knew it was her and let her enter so he could just like kill trap him. Mm -hmm. Dude, that 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 scene where he's like, "Assume I know everything." That was a moth Gideon. That was straight up Gus Fring. Yeah. Well, that's all why I saw. Oh. Well, that's why I love this like cross between characters of like, it's not like a it's a Sith Gus Fring, you know, which is that he's not reserved, he's not in control, like he can be, but he's he's in control in like kind of a, a mo like a passionate sort of way. Is like he does mm -hmm. reserve, reserve himself at times, but he still has that Sith level of like 
passion and like emotional expression, which is nice. I think they did a great job of capturing that because you have people like you have people like Vader who are like cold and calculate, which Vader is also an impressive idea because, you know, he is cold and calculating in cases, but at the same time has very few lashing, you know, lashing outs, which is very, uh, you know, like the whole point of being a Sith, right. Is like the emotional, the emotionality versus like the kind of asceticism or whatever you want to call it of being a Jedi. Yeah. Restraint. So Moff Gideon doing that really did justice to the character, I think as being part of the empire. I, I will say, man, he's definitely, I don't know how you guys feel, but I, even just this episode, just his dialogue, top five best characters in this series so far. Yeah. He's he, he great. Giancarlo is, is just great because he's got such a soft voice, but at the same time, he, he's so assertive. Like, even though I know he's on Breaking Bad I, and I know Gus Fring, I understand the reference. Uh, it's a show I've never seen. So I always associate him with the guy, oh, with wow. Stan Edgar from The Boys. So to me, this is a Sith Stan Edgar, but he is so good. You've like, never seen never... I, I started, I tried to, without wanting to divert the conversation. Oh, we, we talked about this. No, I, I saw no. the first episode, just didn't appeal to me. I understand why everyone loves it, but I just didn't care to continue. No, that's that's fair. So, yeah, what me and Austin are basically saying is if you watch the show or once you watch the show, if you get around to it, because the show's like a train. It builds up momentum, like with each episode and each season. It's weird because I have there were a few shows that like escalated like that consistently to me. The first episode is the hardest to get through. After that, it the first season is the hardest to get through overall. Like I, I can willingly say that. Like It took me a while, but after that, man, I bed through that show yeah well once you get to like the last couple episodes i think the momentum is picked up so much that it hooks its it gets its hooks in you but you don't see gus fring's character i mean even if you watch some compilation clips on like youtube of like gus like if you just type in gus fring compilation or something you'll get these like moments of his character and like how he's portrayed and how just ruthless he is and i think you'll see how that translate over to our moff gideon comparisons mm -hmm. But I like that they don't typecast him. You know, I feel like a lot of actors yeah. typecast like broadly, like, oh, hey, you know what was cool in Breaking Bad when you were like this static, <laughs> non-emotional guy? So, mm -hmm. Do that again. It's, it's like you know, his voice is different. How he carries himself is different. And there's a glee to him when we talked about this. There's a glee to him when he when he gets what he wants. It's like even when he's talking to Manuel, he's got the dark saber just hovering above Baby Yoda. And he, he he's happy that he Dude. that he had the advantage. Even the, then when when they capture him and he goes to the bridge, he's got this glee on him and like, oh, you now have to kill each other to get the dark mm -hmm. saber. The the only episode just to finish up this conversation, and Andy, I hope you agree with me. The best episode, in my opinion, of that series is in season three. And the only thing I will say it involves a creature that doesn't leave a specific place oh I, yep it's the one directed by ryan johnson coincidentally i believe haha -ha, bringing mm. it around i don't know there's some uh ryan johnson i would argue the last the last episode or the second to last episode is um i think the last episode is ozymandias no no ozymandias is like the the season four because there's five seasons right that's season five that's like the third or fourth to last episode of season five yes 
so you know ozymandias like the poem um uh what's mm -hmm. it's just like saying basically his empire has crumbled so it's where everything collapses finally for walter white and it's so beautifully it's so beautifully executed. yeah no not yet yes exactly executed but justified sadly it's like these the, this is like the wages of your sin dude like this is where it all leads but yeah but not i digress yeah hey, man, you can you can use that same poem for moff gideon it yeah well, that's the thing, you know, is like Moff Gideon's legacy and like the seeds he's sown have got carried on because he's still alive. He still remember what he said is like, you can take the child. I've done all I want with it. You know, so he got the he got the midichlorian blood, you know, for clones. He says we've researched it. So they've already gotten what they need out of Baby Yoda. So now all Baby Yoda is is a bargaining chip to him, you know. I need to know if I'm the only one here. Did anybody for like a split second actually believe Moff Gideon? Because I won't yeah. lie. The yeah. way he delivered that. Oh, dude, the way he delivered that line. I'm like, oh, and then he walked away and I saw his eyes turn. I'm like, you son of a. Well, I, I, I will say this. Even though I didn't believe it, I was I was willing to go with it. But I was always like, are you, are you, do you really mean this? Do you? Oh, no, you don't mean this. <laughs> You're That's a bad man. I was gonna say fifty. I'm. I was gonna say fifty-fifty, but that scene was like thirty-three, thirty-three. Like you know, a third. Like there were three different things I equally believe could have happened. I equally believed he could have killed Baby Yoda as much as he could have let them go, as much as he could have you know stabbed Mando in the back. Like yeah. the ten the tension was built so high and executed so well. It's like I legitimately didn't know which one I wanted to go with. Like which I would have believed. And to that, to, to credit to, to Austin, and I know a few other people actually believe them, there's a there's a foundation to his character that, that I understand the, the believing in it. Because even when he first came in the first season, he was willing to talk. Like, we never found out what if they actually had given Baby Yoda to him if he had let him go. You know, there's a quality to him that, despite being like, like other servants of the empire, religious uh, fanatic and idealist of, of this very twisted, very wrong ideal, there is a diplomacy to him that he believes that, oh, okay, you don't want to hurt us? Fine, then you fit within this order that we want to be bring back to the galaxy. So there, there's something to that, to, to believing in him that it could be true. Well, I mean, that's like, that's just that snake. That's just a snake. True. You know I mean? Or scorpion, you know, it's like a you know story of the scorpion, and the frog. Right? Right. Yeah. <laughs> Gosh, have you heard that one, Austin? Or uh... no? Uh, Ren, I'll let you. I'll let you tell uh, it. It's curious because I, I just saw that like twice in two different movies recently. But basically, it's the story of the the frog and the scorpion. Is a scorpion wants to cross this pond? Uh, and correct me if I get anything wrong, Randy. Please, uh, Andy, please. Um, but if the scorpion wants to cross this pond and the frog who can swim, the scorpion asks for its help. And the frog says, oh, you're just going to sting me. And so the scorpion promises not to sting him. But And the frog says, okay, then let's go. And I think it's halfway through the pond. Um, the scorpion ends up stinging him. And it's basically a story about how you can't escape your nature. Mm -hmm. What an asshole. Yeah. <laughs> It's true. No, that, that that's that that's actually a really good description. Yeah, it's just that's like what Moth feels like, and like what I think good villains feel like. You know, I mean, as part of like why Kylo Ren was one of my favorites, almost right, is because he could not escape what he wanted to stick to. 
you know, like he could not. I also see the helmet back there. Gosh, I I you love Kyle. Oh, yeah. Just on that table. I have the real helmet over there. But I, I want love something else. I think Kylo Ren's helmet. I think Kylo's helmet and oh, Jen's yes. helmet or Den's helmet. Is it Den or Jen? I keep from it's Den, Jin. right? Den Den Jaren. There we go. Oh, oh I love that sound. Y'all have seen the, uh, have seen the SNL um, skit, right? The uh, undercover oh, bottom. Yes. Mm. <laughs> yeah. The oh gosh, I'll I'll send you the I'll send you the link, Austin. Uh, I, I, you know the, what? I'm, the undercover boss. Yeah. Oh Wait, yeah. You, okay. It's like, have you guys seen? Have you guys seen Kylo Ren's lightsaber? It's freaking sick. It's like, <laughs> dude, that thing looks dangerous. <laughs> dude, they they made him. They made that character a mod in Battlefront Two. Like, I know. oh my game, god, like, like, Matt, yes, the radar technician. Yes. <laughs> so good. So, you guys saw the second one, right? The one they did last year, the the oh, return or something, the second take, something yeah, like that. Yeah, uh, yeah, the one year later or whatever. Yeah, it was, exactly. It was perfect. Like it yeah. was. Like, I was afraid the quality was going to dip. No, it was also incredible. Okay, boomer. <laughs> yeah. This is all I got. Unfortunately, oh, it dang it. I have a I have my red lightsaber, but it's in it's in office still. I keep forgetting to pick that up in my Daredevil bobblehead. I should have gotten the full cosplay yeah. for this episode. Yeah, this will tie into later, so I'm going to keep this over here. I've got yeah. my I've got my Star Wars socks somewhere and my Gundam T-shirt, and that's how close I'm going to come. <laughs> Being geeked out for this episode, I, I can I can support the pops, the Star Wars pops. Oh, they're so pretty. I um, I honestly might just start wearing a holster or just some like pauldrons, like that, like just some Beskar plate. I mean, I got to do something now. Yeah, and the little guy over there. I forgot I had the little oh, guy. Over there. Maybe I'll get a Baby Yoda keychain or a cell phone thing. Man, that. Oh yeah, where are we at in our discussion? I guess once <laughs> they, so. When I said like everything went right and everything wrong, the freaking Death Troopers. Holy crap! They came across like Terminators in this episode. Yeah. Even though I know you haven't seen it yet, Andy, but uh, Ren, I got total Terminator Salvation vibes from that first Terminator, or from that first yeah. uh, Dark Trooper. I was like, oh. Like that shot of him just opening the door and the red eyes mm -hmm. coming into shot. That was awesome. Well, mm -hmm. and it was like funny because I say everything went right, everything went wrong, because Mando managed to seal the door on him, managed to like eject, eject him in his face, and we thought they were good. And then, you know, and Pershing foreshadowed it already, which is obvious, but Pershing foreshadowed it when he said, well, we had to remove the last weakness of a trooper, which is the human aspect. So when it's yeah. like, um, hey, we have multiple bogeys coming in. It's like, like, what what are they? Like, what's their life sign? It's like, yeah. there is no life sign. And I was like, oh, or there are no vitals. And it's like, oh yeah, they're robots, right? Space yeah. wouldn't. <laughs> it's like, that's literally, plus we had already seen them enter like, an atmosphere, you know what I mean? We'd already seen them, so it's like, oh, duh, like this is this makes sense, and yeah. it's so much screwed up because of it. That's what that's one thing I'll say. I believe they were gone. Like when he when he puts them out yeah. into space, I'm like, oh, okay, that's done, cool. I was disappointed at first, man. I'm like, they hyped these up so heavily in the siege play. episode. <laughs> and then we get them we get them for like what maybe a minute or two and the but, tragedy and then they all of a sudden just shot out. I'm like, 
why, man? Like troopers, I'm gonna say this, man. When it comes to Star Wars, troopers are a weakness for me. I love the troopers. Yeah. Well, that's why Death Troopers were I mean, and that's like been I don't know if it's confirmed, but like, you know, so y'all can y'all can confirm it or whatever. But it's my understanding that like the reason why we don't see a lot of troopers or droids is because they're less they're more costly to produce than clones are, right? Yes. Or good good droids, you know, which is why we see I mean, technically, it's, we see less droids because that was expensive to do in the first three movies. But Roger, Roger. <laughs> yeah, I mean, in the prequel, you know, in the prequels, yeah, we get like a lot of droids, but then we get the Death Troopers, and it's like, oh yeah, Gideon's got the resources for this, mm-hmm. you know. But seeing him play out, I like that they added like the the caveat that they take like that they can't be run for long because of the power constraints. So. Mm-hmm also adds like the layers on it's like okay so yeah this is why you don't see a lot of droids anymore is the power like the upkeep like the ai like there's multiple reasons for it but then when we do get them these are like next generation these are like terminator t1000 or something like i freaking loved it it's yeah because I, I, I was constantly thinking especially in that part where he, when one has got dinned by his throat and there's oh, was... i was like how is he gonna get out I was that, afraid he was going to crack the plate, like legitimately, or crack yeah. the glass because I was like, this thing's hitting like a freight train. And the fact that he, we don't see him, I think, makes it more scra- scary because you're just imagining his face inside the helmet just getting crushed and crushed. And oh, yeah. without, without wanting to get further into the conversation, now we know where the power status lies. So if if Dan ever wants to get nasty with, with a certain someone, he, he's toast for sure. Yeah. <laughs> Man, and now Din has more of a reason to hate droids again. So uh, that's true. That's no, true. No droids. No but droids. You also know you have a freaking problem when the whistling birds don't take something out. Yeah. Mm. When was- nothing. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> at least do some damage. You know, like that. That should at least like chunk him. Like if we're talking about like RPG boss health, like that should at least chunk something off of him. But it stopped like- him for a sec because the all the other things he didn't even flinch. Like he was burning up and he still kept on attacking. Like the whistling bird just. And then, well, like, and then he continues. <laughs> that was the flamethrower, but that was like it stunned him, and then the flamethrower like superheated him enough so that like you know Boba could like pierce him. I mean Mando could pierce him. Yeah, that's true. That's fair. Well, guys, now we start getting into like the big part. (laughs) Yeah. His fight with Moff Gideon against that Darksaber, man. So cool. Like, it's just shot really well. Very intensely so. And Giancarlo, he's going for it, man. He's just going with a dark saber at him um and going back to a little bit that you brought up earlier austin Deadly, he he says uh well the friendly advice assume that i know everything you're traveling with book 10 yes i do know that you've been traveling with book 10 i know you uh, used your last missile salvo you know? yeah so so good um and it was just good to see baby yoda again even though he's in handcuffs just good to see him again because uh, he wasn't in the last episode and i felt that that missing oh um, yeah that's right wow but just just an all-around great scene gosh i'm not gonna lie dude like I thought the Darksaber actually was going to do some damage to him, but 
it's just like when yep. Ahsoka was attacking him on Corvus, like just nothing, no damage, no nothing. He was just well, able to hold him off for a while. Yeah, but her, I'm curious now because her blades, they didn't like heat his Beskar up on Corvus, did they? Like they just. No, I think it only heats up the spear because it's a. It's oh, yeah. Around the thin. A thin thing, because even when he hit his ar- his armor, it didn't heat up. But the spear was, it gets him, it gets him a fighting, it gives him a fighting chance. But it, it's oh, if it heats God. up and breaks, man. Well, that's why I was curious about if it was going to heat up and break, because I think yeah. it like, because I mean, once again, he was like hammering down on the same spot, you know, like he was yeah. trying to find a weakness. So it's like because Beskar is basically invincible, but is it? You know what I mean? Like I I don't know when it's like broken or if it's broken, but I mean like. That was scary. Like I thought the spear was gonna break, and then he was gonna use like a scream of sticks or something to finish the fight. Mm-hmm. I was waiting so, for him to go like full Soka and grab both yeah. saber and try to fight him. I will, oh, that I would have loved to have seen that. I've no. seen her fighting style. Yeah, I know how to do this. I mean, basically, that's you know, I mean, I just love the, I just love that it does not stop consistent in Mando being a. Uh, being as capable of a physical combatant as he is, you know, a weapons combatant or with weapon. So martial arts prowess and weapon prowess. There we go. Mm-hmm. Gosh. So good. Yeah, man. I mean, yeah, there are fights throughout the ship. I mean, yeah, there were a few times, but even after he gets beat, man, he's got that smirk on his face. Like, Oh, this should be interesting. It's like, Oh yeah. Cause he knew what just happened. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Can we talk about Mando walking in with that saber lit up, man? Oh, yeah, amazing! I love that shot. I kind of wonder, in part, if the saber was lit up because he didn't know how to turn it off. Like, because has he I, actually ever used a lightsaber before? I, I th- he eventually does turn it off, so I think it was only a matter Ooh. of. Keeping this threat over the oh. Duh. Good good point. That makes so much more sense. I could yeah. be wrong. You could be on the money, Andy. Don't... <laughs> no, no, that, that makes more sense. And I mean the thing's got a button on it. I'm pretty sure he could figure it out. Yeah. Well, yeah, man, even when he walks in and Bo's face, she's like, What are you doing? I she yeah. straight up turned into a mom there. I was like, yeah. Oh, you're gonna immediately get it. like what the hell oh. happened? The, the salt was real. Like she was oh, so dude. She was not happy. Yeah. I, I like, though, how they explained everything. He's just like, here, I don't want it. I got the kid. And he's like, she can't take it. She has to beat you in combat. Okay, here, I yield. Yeah, right. She just sits there and just stares at him. It's like. I feel like she could also just, like, have a sparring match, like, toss her the spear, like, see how you do, get your ass wiped, and, like, uh, that sounds get your butt kicked. That that's not weird. Uh, get your butt kicked and then like just hand it over. Yeah, I th- me and Austin were talking about. It. I don't think you were here yet. Uh, that no, yeah, uh, they have to fight, but nothing says she has to kill him or right. he has to kill her. She I mean, just he didn't kill. He, he didn't kill. Um, he didn't kill Gideon. Yeah, and I think Gideon implied that either A, he stole it from her, or B, like I really think there are larger implications that he beat her in combat. Mm-hmm. You know, and because I hope we get to see them. Because the main thing is like he also like 
what if her crew doesn't know she was beaten in combat, right? Like, what if she was beaten in combat and you just sowed this whole seed of doubt as to, like, her combative prowess and if she actually deserves to be Queen of Mandalore, you know? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> well, I mean, because uh, in, man, what is it, season four? Season five of Clone Wars, the... Without spoiling anything again for you, Andy, the Darksaber changes hands, but... It results I, in a death, but yeah, I think it is season five because that was the big conclusion before the the season six, which was just like random important but random important uh, stories uh, in each episode. Um, but I, I I believe you're right. I'm going to check on IMDb while we continue speaking, but I I think mm-hmm. it was season five. Oh, but let's also talk about the fact that now she has. Now Bo-Katan has a Imperial light cruiser. True. Like True. She's, she's literally got a flagship, you know. Um, yeah, that's one heck of a. Uh, I mean, does she keep it or does it go with with a uh, Cardoon because it belongs uh, to the Republic now? Well, it technically goes with her because that was the deal or that was the understanding is that she got to keep the ship when she talked okay. to Amanda, and then Cardoon okay. was there presumably for those negotiations. Because you know, Cara Dune was admittedly flying off the radar for this one. You know, that was the understanding because she's Marshall, so this was kind of a black ops mission for her. All right. Uh, by the way, Austin, it's season five. Um, it's season five. Yeah, it's the arc before the the last one. It's the penultimate mm-hmm. arc of the season before the the wrong Jedi arc. Oh, okay, gotcha. I got you there. Gosh, sorry, Andy. No, you're good, dude. So we have to talk to code. Oh my god, come on. I was I was talking with uh Andy yesterday on his podcast. Uh now that Mando's done, I think what I want to do before we do the thing we were talking about, which we'll talk about here towards the end of the podcast, but uh I think uh sometime this week or next week I'm gonna start Rebels. So Yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna restart watching. Actually, I got that that itch in me that I just start rewatching. God damn it, just start rewatching. And also, yeah, I guess I just because I haven't been doing like edited videos in a while, I started off like a live stream and podcast pseudo like Austin helped me. So I'd love to have you on at some point, Ren. Yeah. Um, I'd have to figure out a topic. I mean, Happy you know, for, oh, anything comic you. books, comic book movies, anything, dude. Yes. Like, this shelf means something. Like it's all comic book stuff. <laughs> oh heck yeah! Let's freaking go. But actually, maybe we do a video on collectibles. Oh um, yes, that'd be a good one. I'd watch that one. If I if I spin this camera around, you you'll see how much material I have for that video. Oh <laughs> uh, no! Trust me, because I don't even have my comics here. Um, those are in my closet and on my bookshelf. Either way, um. Yeah. Uh, wow. So then that comes into play. Do y'all think with the conclusion of the series, do y'all think man, uh, do you all think Jen is going to help out with the reclamation, the reclaiming of Mandalore? I, I, th- I think so. I think he's going to want it, but at some point he's going to find his next goal for himself. So he's going to help them out and then he moves on to his next goal. But, yeah, I was gonna, I think the same thing. I, I think he's probably going to at least help Bo because she helped him exactly. take Grogu back. So it's kind of like, okay, yeah, I'll, I'll come help you out. But 
I part of me wants to say maybe Mando will go back to just being a bounty hunter again because I mean Grogu's gone. He saved him, but of course, obviously he's uh, which we're going to be getting into there in just a couple moments, man. Because that does make me think because. Bo-Katan is clearly not going to... I've got a couple thoughts, because she's clearly not going to pull that off by herself. So, I think there's... I mean, there's clearly other Mandalorians out there, but either A, she knows where they are, right, mm -hmm. and going to rally the troops, has been, like, waiting to give them a signal, so to speak, and B, I think maybe the children of the Watch will come back into play, like, and there will be some, like, conflict slash, like, resolution there, where they join mm -hmm. her in that plight. Like reached an agreement, I guess. Yeah, my question is if is someone ruling Mandalore or it's just abandoned? Because if it's just abandoned, all she needs is here, I have the Darksaber, I'm the queen, and that's it. I'd be much more interested if someone not rightful was ruling over it. I think it's both, right? Because, you know, for all we know, if they can't go to Mandalore, like Mandalore didn't get destroyed, you know, like, which means there's still, exactly. best, there's still best car steel there. So people mm -hmm. could be there mining it, but they couldn't access it. I mean, without the right resources or I don't know, whatever, because the planet got glassed as they said. So yeah, there are layers. I feel like that or the empire is there. They've got like, to be. Yeah, it, it should be. It's probably an empire thing. I mean, I mean, man, they've, they got resources there. Like, well, yeah. they've got to be Empire because, like you said, they're resources. But remember, um, the timeline, like the timeline, basically justifies that yes, Mandalore was glassed and everything, but Mandalore was glassed while the Empire had a Death Star. Exactly. You know? So to me, it's like they glassed it intentionally because they knew if they could wipe out Mandalorians, one, they don't have one of the largest threats in terms of fighting forces in the galaxy, but two, they also have an immeasurable amount of resources to be harvested in terms of Beskar, which is literally used as a currency because of its rarity and value. Mm -hmm. and I'd, be curious, I'd be curious if it was like a subordinate of Moff Gideon who was ruling over Mandalore. He or she had the Darksaber and Mandalore and Moff Gideon was just like, oh, I'm superior to you. Just give me that. What I would have loved now that I think about it, I would have loved if Vader's armor were made out of Beskar. That would have been amazing. True. He probably would have beaten Luke if that was the case. Yeah. Another clean drip, Andy. Another clean drip. Gosh. <laughs> Shall we set say, up? Yeah. yeah. Go ahead, Andy. No, no, what were you gonna say? No, I, I was about to move on, so please do do go first. Oh, thank you. I appreciate it. No, I was just gonna say, yeah, I I really hope we get to see that followed up with in this series. Because Austin, did you say like real talk? Did you say that George Lucas disowned the current trilogy as canon? I mean, like disowned them as canon or what was the ruling on that? Or are they still uh, the sequel trilogy or what? Uh, yes. the No, no. The episode seven through nine. Abram. What do we call yeah, that? Sequel trilogy. Sequel trilogy. Yeah. Oh, right. No, that makes sense. It, well, I do not think really, he has that power. Yeah, I was going to say, that's kind of out of his. I mean, from what I've heard, though, it's uh, this trilogy is vastly different from what he wanted to. Yeah, I, I think, so I think we I think we talked about it on here before, but like I, 
think so. At least you and I talked about it. Yeah. But, but it's going to be here. Where, where else yeah. would Andy be? I'm just, <laughs> yeah, right. I'm just saying, make it Legends. Make it Legends. Let's freaking go. Come like, on. From what I've read of his ideas, I'm like, ah. Man, I love you, George Lucas. I worship you because he created the originals, but I'm really glad they didn't go with your ideas. <laughs> and it's not even about honoring like Lucas's ideas, you know, no offense, because I do agree with that. Um, it's more so about the direction and trajectory the Star Wars universe is on right now with series like The Mandalorian, and if that is going to clash with the canon established by the sequel trilogy. No, I don't think so. Because now that it exists, they just have to go buy that cannon. They, they yeah. can't make anything about it. It's not. And there's a massive. Now that I think about it, there's a massive enough time gap between the sequel trilogy. You know, um, the sequel trilogy, because yeah. Mandalorian comes after both shows. You know, Rebels and Star Rebels and Clone yeah. Wars. And yeah. then you've got a massive gap of time between the sequel trilogy. So yeah, it remaining canon would be perfect. Yeah. There are lots of people, like there are lots of YouTubers I watch. They think that uh, like The Mandalorian and all these other shows are trying to erase the sequel trilogy as a whole, which right, exactly. I'm I'm still gonna say it, man. I, I enjoyed the sequels as a whole. I know it's not for everybody. I know I will willingly say yes, there are problems within them. I've never denied that. There are problems in the rise of Skywalker and I still Just like worry. Exactly. Nothing's perfect. Apart from the original trilogy. The original trilogy is perfect. Actually, what did just occur to me, though, <laughs> is, especially when you get into the reclamation of Mandalore and everything, is that it might be looking past the sequel trilogy to build into the next trilogy. Like, that could be it. set a foundation for that, because we're going to abandon the Skywalkers at this point. Um, and we're going to, I, don't, I forget how big of a time gap it is, but, you know, we're moving on to something bigger. If this trilogy is going to happen, I mean, it's going to literally happen. the last time I heard about it, man, it, it was right after the last Jedi came out. But dude, it's yeah. gonna, it's Disney, it's gonna happen. Oh, well, yeah, regardless, I mean, yeah, might be after they're, all they're gonna do an episode 10, 11, and 12. Because, I mean, that's that's even another thing they never mentioned at all at the uh investor yeah. meeting, man, is Ryan Johnson's trilogy. So if it's still going to be Ryan Johnson's trilogy. That's yeah, but I, I, I don't think Ryan Johnson's trilogy, whatever it was going to be, I don't think that was ever meant to be the next episodic one. I think mm. it was going to be do a trilogy about something else. Maybe in the Skywalker saga, maybe not, maybe before, maybe after. But I, I personally never got the sense his trilogy was going to be the next episodes. No, oh. I, I, I can 100% agree with that. Yeah, that's fair. I can I can definitely agree with you, Ren. Yeah, because I uh, know it could be like kind of not legends material, but kind of a uh, slightly tangential, right? Mm -hmm. To trilogy series, kind of rogue rogue one ish. Yeah, but not not necessarily in a prequel material, but yeah, mm -hmm. still relates to the core trilogies and the Star Wars canon. But you know, doesn't deal with everything else going on or yeah. is concurrent to the main movies. Yeah, I'm with it, which I actually prefer because I'd rather they, they do something else, maybe an entire trilogy with all different directors, but maybe just have a plan ahead of time. Uh, yeah. Even though I'll defend Last Jedi that it doesn't go against anything The Force Awakens set up, but The Rise of Skywalker certainly did. <laughs> well, and that's, I mean, that's once again, that's the problem with it is uh, like Sean put it, you know, like 
our buddy Sean and then we've all put it is it's it was too reactionary is at what? least say what you will about Lucas's vision or about the prequels or the original trilogy but at least they had a contiguous vision and contiguous narrative yeah you know, like there were no gaps in logic so big that it was like this doesn't make sense it was all like oh yeah this all flows I might not agree with it or like it but at the same time this all flows and I can appreciate the universe and the settings it establishes and the characters. The, the two best examples that I've been using for that since the, the Rise of Skywalker came out a year ago was um, the, the prequels. They're much worse movies, but they clearly had a through line. Clearly, they didn't change anything in between. It was from point A to point C, and that, and that was it, even though they are much worse movies, in my opinion. The, the other example I've been using is that for the Rise of Skywalker, they just became the DCU, the early DCU. That people didn't like this, let's completely change it and, and do something else entirely. Reactionary, which yeah. means that each of the uh, the sequel movies now needs a Snyder Cut. It's the only way to repair this. I, I'll, I'll agree that the Rise of Skywalker needs a Snyder Cut, not, not the others. <laughs> if they add another half hour to the Rise of Skywalker, man, I, I think it really could have been like my opinion perfect oh and i mean that's the thing right is it was like abrams was having to play hard catch up or it's like when a new president steps into office or whatever you know they got to play hard catch up or they got to clean up after the last guy or rather i guess i'll say when you move into a new house yeah. because you know abrams had to move out ryan's had to step in so he cleaned up after abrams then abrams came back with a vendetta so he had to clean up after johnson so he basically put like two to two and a half movies into one. Yeah. I, I, I think the, the Rise Skywalker imagining that it is clay has a has a good body to it, but it needs it needs to be refined and more sculpted. Because I think what the Rise Skywalker has is moments, but in between those moments doesn't have any buildup to them. Like Palpatine comes back. Why? Because let's move on to the next moment. Like the the, mm. the moment where the ships all came I, I was super happy with the visual itself, but as far as emotion is concerned, they wanted that to be their end game moment. Yep. And I'm like, you did not pull this off. <laughs> yeah. No, and it was a it would have been so beautiful, but like once again, like you said, clay and foundation. Mm -hmm. is, the, is the, it? And even in, sorry to interrupt, but even in, in those yeah. moments, they're they didn't go through all the way with it. Let me talk about a moment that I was ready to cry in the, in the Rise of Skywalker. And even the point that they wanted to make with it, I thought it would have worked out so well with something they didn't do. Because even with the changes they make, even with all of that in the last movie, the point of Rey's arc was she is not alone. She was never alone. When the Jedi start talking to her, I'm like, oh my God, I'm going to cry. And then she gets up. They zoom out of her. And I'm like, they're not showing up. Why are they not showing up? That moment would have been perfect for the shot to back up and all the Jedi force ghosts behind her just force pushing uh, Palpatine and her using the sabers. Or and like, they didn't do it. <laughs> I would have loved to see like Luke and Leia, like force ghosts putting their hands on her back or something. Yeah, even that. Then it like ties more into the narrative of her taking the Skywalker name. Yeah, you know, but it, but even all those voices, I, I thought there was a proper, oh, they're doing this, they're doing this, and then nobody shows up. And I'm like, what the hell? Somebody made a, an edit to that. I saw. It's all, all the Force ghosts back there, and it's like. I saw and I cried. Yeah, I, I would have liked, my only, my only problem 
with that whole sequence there is like okay now all of a sudden all these jedi who we haven't seen in a long time know it like mace windu ala sakura uh mace i already said mace windu uh ezra okay, so, uh, uh, no uh kanan 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 that's the other one like how, how did all these guys learn how to become one with the force did they just, they it just happen to be fair like when you luminous yeah I think when you become, you know, when you ascend, right? Like when you die as a Jedi, you don't really get to control if you come back to the Force Ghost in a way. Like, I think, I mean, I think some people do, be, like Luke can like freaking astral project himself across the galaxy, you know. He's the goat. <laughs> Seriously. So, I mean, I think there are like people who can like kind of will themselves, but I think there are also people who die and then like they're just become fully aware of it. You know, it's kind of like apotheosis. Like they ascend to this like cosmic level of awareness or something i don't know because and, and, we've, we've also <laughs> never sith, we've never seen a sith force, force ghost right true not not in canon fair enough yeah oh, man. and now guys for what i guess i'm going to consider the coup de gras of this episode man Cherry on top of the cake. Oh, that, man, that's a whole bottle of cherries on the top of the cake. <laughs> okay, we ready? One lone X-Wing flies in because all the dark troopers come back. I think every uh, muscle in my body tensed when I saw that X-Wing coming. It didn't even cross my mind at that moment. I was like, because I had the same thought as Kara. It was like, oh, one lone X-Wing? Cool, we're saved because... I honestly, I was thinking it was maybe one of the two X-wing pilots that we saw in Chapter Ten. Yeah, and then like a whole like armada or something was gonna like come in, like you know, like there could have been like something behind them, but nope, it was just the one. Well, you, see, you, see go ahead, go ahead. you see it fly in, you see it land, and X-wing, please identify yourself. Nothing, and then all of a sudden, you, it it hit me. When okay. Grogu just like looked up and he just I, his ears perked and he looked around, I was like, "No, it's a Jedi." And then I don't know why it didn't hit me right then and there, but you see the black cloak, and I'm like, "They're not. They're not doing this. They are not going to do this." <laughs> of course, obviously, you, you don't see what the lightsaber looks like. Exactly is it also shows that there's a time gap and that he's been training, you know, because of the fact that. He freaking trucks through those death troop like holy crap! That was and like I was disappointed at first because I wanted to see Mando take on at least a couple death troopers with the dark saber. Like that would have made things so much more perfect to me. But dude, seeing them just get dismantled left and right with the force with the lightsaber, like everything. He reminded me so much of Anakin from episode three that's all i saw that whole sequence the, the scene is a mirror of of vader's scene from rogue one yeah no we, we yeah yeah we when that. he yeah, when he comes out from the elevator yeah, yeah. Right, man you see him walk through the hangar and i saw this i bawled like father right like now like father exactly like I, I was telling this to Austin before we started, before you came in, Andy. So I'm probably the the person who clocked into it the latest. Because the, the X-Wing comes in, 
And like Austin, I was like, oh, it's one of those. But what are they going to do? So I scratched stuff off my mind. It's not them. I'm like, oh, it's Ahsoka. Makes sense. She's coming back. She's having her own show. They're propelling this, connecting it, it again, to say goodbye. And then she's you she is using one lightsaber. And I'm like, yeah. And a, and a green lightsaber. And, you know, uh, no, 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 no. But you still you still don't see the color because just oh, yeah. screens. And and then Grogu is putting his little hand on the screen, like, that's my friend. I called him here. Um <laughs> And then there's a shot where you just see it's this wide shot. You just have the the death troopers along the hall, just walking towards camera. And of course, he starts coming in, and the green hue of the lightsaber starts starts coming into shot. And then you see the green lightsaber, and I'm like, "There's one person. It, it's not like this is not going to be Ezra. There's the one person they associate with the green. Everyone associates with the green lightsaber." Well, and oh my god, also, I lost it. Even if like that's the thing is you know even with as little as I know about Ezra, right? He's not that damn powerful. Like you know, no. like, like in comparison, like when he starts dismantle, I was like, okay, this is either this is either Luke, this is either the legend, or this is someone completely new. Like it has to be one of one or the other. Yeah. And sure enough, it was. Luke F and Skywalker. Holy the one and all. Luke motherfucking Skywalker. Dude, no, I was like literally I am not gonna say what I was saying, but like I I told <laughs> I told Austin and I, I kept forgetting to text you all, like tweet y'all because it was like five in the morning when I watched this episode. I couldn't get to sleep because I needed answers. I need to see this episode. And then I freaking watched it and I was like, okay, I'll watch like the intro. Oh no, I couldn't, I couldn't just <laughs> <laughs> like Pringle or whatever, you know. So now I, now I'm watching. Now I'm in the mix. That happens, and I'm thinking, oh, oh blank, oh blank, oh effing, you know, oh blanking, blankety blank. Like no way, no way. Like my heart was beaten. Like I was fully tensed. I was just like, there's no freaking way they would do this. It was so beautiful. Yeah. And and full send because we talked about we talked about that we were like there's no way they would bring Luke in this series like it almost feels like too much you know like it feels too risky you know yeah I I, rem I remember when he had our, our guesses I was like yes Luke is possible but they're not gonna do it exactly. I remember perfectly saying that he was like the dude, bottom okay. that's true yeah that man I mean but they did it. <laughs> then he gets to the door and Mando's like open up the door. And oh uh, man, that's my favorite. It's one of my favorite shots now in Star Wars. Hooded Luke walking through with the smoke. Also, and his lightsaber lit. I'm like, also Disney with the freaking de aging tech, still impressive. Like, yes, because Mark uh, Hamill was credited. You know, he was because yeah. he did the voice. I yeah. think, but yeah. I mean, he did the voice, but still, like, to do the. Uh, I mean, the face was awesome, you know, like a little, a little stiff at times, you know, so you could tell, but at the same time, like Disney's de-aging tech. And then I guess just like face imposition, whatever you want to call it was so good. Cause even yeah. when he's walking, even when he's walking away, the face looked good, yeah. you know, like from the angles and everything, which was shocking. Uh, I, I will say that cause it, it's good. It's not the best, but I, I'll tell you what, to me, it only looked weird when he like turned down or to the side, you, you yeah. notice some, some stiffness. But I don't care. It's Luke Skywalker. 
<laughs> in that moment, I was like, yeah, I don't, I, this doesn't bother me. I notice it, but it doesn't bother me. I, I can agree with that, man, because like I'm going to say, it, man, Tarkin and Leia from Rogue One, that's the that's some of the best I've ever seen in a film. Like, oh, yeah. Love, right, to be fair, those those budgets, you know, you scale those budgets up compared yeah, yep. to a single 45 minute episode of the Mandalorian. And it's it, like, dang. I don't even think it was a, t- a matter of, of budgets. I, I just think it was a matter of time. Like they couldn't get it ready in time, but. And and you know they've they've corrected like the the jeans guy from the siege episode. So who knows? They might they might work on Luke a little bit better. Yeah, at that point, that's a great point. Isn't that such an interesting part about like releasing digital media, like streaming? Yeah, you can literally, it's like it's like the video game revolution, right? Like once stuff started going digital, interconnected, they people could just say ah ship it, and then they could yeah. instantly post a day push a day zero patch out. Can't do that with cyberpunk. But with the Mandalorian, <laughs> yeah, I'm, man, I'm like, glad I canceled my pre-order for Cyberpunk. I but have no interest in that game. Period. I saw Keanu Reeves and I saw CD Projekt Red, and I never got into The Witcher, so I wanted to hop on board to. And I like uh, I like Cyberpunk. You know, I like Cyberpunk. I like space westerns. So this one was feeling. Oh well. So yeah, with Luke coming into play i still i'm still processing it because uh then then that was like the height of the emotions that was the climax of the episode you know like that was the peak and then the downhill comes in terms of like the actual parting you know like because it was brutal because luke didn't take grogu i mean like you know he like took him but like didn't take by force no he was like, he's wanting your permission. Yeah. You that know, that now, whole sequence, like, and, and Grogu putting his hand on the helmet, and he's like, no, I'm taking this out. You need to see me. Um, and I mean, they, they, my own eyes. They, foreshadowed yeah. that twice, they foreshadowed that twice, you know, I guess, with the uh, yeah. him lifting up his helmet to eat and Grogu just, like, looking at him. Yeah, which which I gotta bring up because I wasn't in the last episode, but my favorite moment of episode seven was the moment where he goes for the face scan. It says it doesn't work with the mask on, with the helmet on. Immediately he takes off the helmet, doesn't care that people are there. He wants to find this kid. Uh, that was my favorite moment of the believer because he doesn't hesitate. That's how much this kid means to him. Yeah, but I also love in the believer that Mayfeld shoves his helmet back in his hands and it's like, I didn't see your face. Yeah, because that's also was, really good. It was kind of this uniting of convictions where I think it finally clicks into place for Mayfeld, like how much it, like how important it is, but also how yeah. similar, how similar they are for better. Yeah. Because it's like, hey, I'm wrong about, like I'm wrong about some stuff, you're wrong about some stuff, you know, but mm-hmm. I also was really wrong about some stuff. Yeah, it's it's also a matter of, of respect. Hey, I respect yeah. that you don't don't want your face to be seen, so I'll just shut up about it. But well, I also like how every time he asks f- for people's help in this last episode and in this one, when he says that the baby is gone, everyone's like, "Okay, I'll help you." Well, it immediately, also, it yeah. also just shows the uh, <clears throat> the character dynamics and how well they've done with like building character. Is like him and Cara Dune's relationship. It doesn't feel like a one-off, like popped out of nowhere. You know, mm-hmm. it feels like it has been built across multiple episodes. You know, like they're yeah. actually allies, and 
I mean, to the point that they were both considering settling down. I mean, obviously just as friends, right? Platonically, right? Mm-hmm. But they were both like discussing whether they were going to do that or not. Yeah. You know, like it had these nice little moments that led up to it, like where it was clear, oh yeah, like she has investment in Mando. He has investment in her, you know, um, because she also asked him if he wanted to like stay and help, right? Like, you know, um, walk down the city as Marshall. So, man, I know. And then the yeah, island. No, awesome. that moment between Grogu and Mando, man, I like, don't get me wrong, man. Like I was bawling seeing Luke in the hallways and everything, but man, when that, when that hood came down, I saw Mark Hamill's face. Like I bawled, but oh, and that's I bawled even harder when he rips off the helmet. I'm like, Oh my God. Shades of episode six. Yeah. And I think there was like the hesitation when he took off the helmet, not because he regretted taking off the helmet or was scared of that, but he was scared at the realization that he'd grown attached to Grogu. Yeah. I mean, I think that's why looking back on it, I think that's why he cursed in episode um in chapter uh let's see, sixteen. Holy crap. I'm sorry. Oh, yeah. 14. I think that's why I cursed at yeah. uh, Dank, Dank Farrick is because I yeah. think that was like a sad realization of like him having fun with Grogu and him like being cheerful. And him You're really, right. what's about to I mean we we had all like kind of talked about that, but yeah, now, I remember you asking why why he did it, and I was like, Yeah, I'm not I'm not sure, but that that's a great point. So I don't know, I'm I didn't like ball, I like teared up a lot, and like you know, there were some tears, but now I'm like the more I think about it, it's like, yeah, they did a great job with uh, the best worst dad in the galaxy, you know, best worst stepdad in the galaxy. Like not his dad, but he is. Yeah. And then R2 comes in and, ah, oh, Dude, that just, was, like, you talked about cherry on top. That was cherry on top. It's like, oh, duh, R2 pilots uh, X-Wing, you know, or helps with the X-Wing. So, of course, he's going to be there. And they have this this little exchange, him and, and, and Grogu, and it's, oh, it's the cutest thing, man. Him walking towards R2 and he sees him. Because when Mando puts him down, he's just grabbing onto the leg and just looking up. But, and, oh, but so also, good. you know, yeah, the whole departure. Um, but Luke signing off with "May the Force be with you." You know, I mean, I, I just—it's cool. But I just imagine Din hearing that, and he's thinking, "I don't know what that means." Well, I think he—I mean, I think he knows enough about the Force. At the, you know, he knows enough about the Force and Force sensitivity at this point that he kind of like understands the concept of it. You know, but I think he's True, still because he hung out with the Soka. You're right. But I think you—you you have a very good point about. Or that might not need anything because as far as we know, like he's not force sensitive. Like his only comprehension of the force is what he's seen with Grogu and Ahsoka. Like yeah. and like come into contact yeah. with him. I don't know. Because even until Ahsoka he didn't know what that was. They just call yeah. it the magic hand thing. Yeah, you're right. So I think if anything, I think it's kind of eye opening for yeah. that line is like eye opening because it might have been like, what the heck does that mean? I, I agree with that yeah. part. I agree now that I think about it. But I think- no, it still works because I think I think inflection says a lot. So the way Luke says that, I, even if he never heard of the force, he'd be like, okay, this is a goodbye and uh, Godspeed or something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's yeah. a it's a send off from the Jedi of Jedi's. You know, it's a mm-hmm. the goat. I'm gonna say this too, man. Like I was waiting for it, but I I would have probably completely cried if Grogu would have used the Force and grabbed a little ball from 
Mando's pocket. Oh man! Oh, he didn't give him. Oh, you're right. No, no, no. That's why. That's why it's more perfect because now he has an item to remember Grogu by. You know, he has a little. You know, now now he has a little token or totem that makes him think of Grogu. Gonna wear a necklace with that little ball. I'm just saying, man. Like that. That would have probably have shattered me if he'd have looked and he'd have just seen it in his hand and just. I mean, but he does promise that he'll see. He does promise that he'll see Grogu again. Yeah, they give that a lot of emphasis. Like, we'll see each other again. We'll see each other again. But I think it's like uh, y'all's theory, right? Austin or Ren, I forget who it was, but y'all theorizing that we might see Grogu go away for like a season or two. You know, like he might or show up like less, you know. So that now pans into this. I mean, wow. I do think they're bringing him back. Maybe, maybe they'll have the balls to pull off an entire season without him. Maybe oh, just hey. half a season, three episodes. But I they think will. for sure he's coming back. It's their show. It's not his show. Like Lucasfilm knew what they were doing as soon as they present him in the in the first episode. Austin is crying already again. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, but they knew what they were doing, so they're they're definitely bringing him back. I, oh, I have no doubt about it. That's the thing is, once again, Grogu is still an unintentional mascot, I feel like. You know, yeah. so you've already got people hooked into the series. Um, you know that Grogu is still out there in the universe and will return. And mm-hmm. then based on the Disney investor, uh, investors' announcements, people yeah. are clearly so bought into the Star Wars franchise that they will watch anything, even if it doesn't have Grogu in it. I mean, guilty as charged, because now I'm, now I'm part of that camp. But so, you know, they're... They're going to make their money. They're going to make these shows, and Grogu doesn't need to be a part of them, especially with our uh, final announcement of the episode or our after credit scene. Yeah. Austin, you, you know, man. Oh, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah man. Oh. I mean, obviously, I'm, I'm I'm trying to fight back tears, man, because like good, man. It was um, immediately after I watched that. So I'm subscribed to this guy named Star Wars Theory. I don't know if you guys have watched him at all, but he's like one of the top, like, Star Wars YouTubers, and I fast forwarded to that scene, man. And he like he broke, like he bawled. And I, I would only say, man, even just rewatching it, I bawled with him. But like, yeah, I was talking to Ren before this, and I, Andy, I talked to you about it too yesterday. I mean, yesterday was the five year anniversary of The Force Awakens. Yeah, and once again, the Force, so perfect. Yeah, The Force Awakens broke me. Like at the end of the film, man, I was the first one to stand up. I was crying. I was just cheering, but I was doing the same thing at the end of this episode, man. Like no joke. I've if there tried. is if there is one thing, oh God, if there is one thing that was so beautiful about uh about rise of, about uh the rise of Skywalker is Han Solo coming back and seeing a. Uh, Kylo Ren is like that might have been my favorite moment of that movie. Like that almost destroyed. Oh God, dang it. This sucks. <laughs> Everyone's crying. I hate this, <laughs> but yeah, no, like that almost, ru- that almost ruined me because you know, it's, it brings up this whole thing about Ben being actually, no, this goes into the whole theory with Ezra. We were talking about, about force ghosts and being force sensitive, mm-hmm. right? It's the fact that Han showed up without using, you know, being a force user or being a Jedi and, because I think that was just in in Kylo's head, like it was, it was his unconscious, like speaking to him. I feel like it was. I feel like it was force related on some. I feel like it had to have been force related on some part. Um, I don't know why. I, maybe that's just my immediate go to. But you're you're not wrong. I I think 
just for him to see his father, I think the force manifested oh. his image, but it, through his subconscious. That's that's what I'm getting at. I mean, and and in part, I guess it, you know, like with the subconscious, it could have been like, yeah, like kind of a pseudo force ghost, you know, yeah. like his morality projecting, you know, his heart projecting this like idea exactly. of his dad. But I uh, know I feel like the comfort, like it was just so personal. Mm-hmm. Like it was so personal and so Han that it had to have been a force ghost because his idea of his dad was a little less, uh, you know, wasn't as healthy, so to speak, or wasn't as holistic as what we saw in Han telling him that he still loved him, you know, regardless of his choices. Yeah. I'll tell you, that's the one th- aspect of Rise of Skywalker that gets better with every viewing for me. Everything yeah. else either just stays the same or it gets a little worse. But that scene, even though even watching it the first time, I'm like, I don't want him to be redeemed. He needs to be the main villain, which he wasn't uh, moving on from that. But uh, even not wanting that redemption arc to happen, I was like, oh, this, this is amazing. I mean, they were gonna, there was going to be a redemption either way. Um, there was going to be that redemption either way, just because it was a Vader style story arc. So, but but that's one of the reasons. I, again, not, not wanting to defer because we're already at uh, one hour thirty. Oh gosh, yeah. Um, but uh, to me, that's why I love the Last Jedi because you go into the Force Awakens, see the Force Awakens, and you're like, oh, this guy's the new Vader, and then you watch what happens in in the Last Jedi, and you're like, he's not the new Vader, he's a new Palpatine, he's a supreme leader. Yeah. Yeah, man. I mean, gosh, I'm, I'm gonna try and say this without getting emotional. Like I'm already coming back to tears again. But you know, being a fan of this franchise for basically 20 plus years of my life, like there are only a handful of times I can say that I've gotten emotional watching any film. Just hearing yeah. it, like, and again, The Force Awakens did that to me five years ago. Mandalorian did that to me two days ago now, basically. But to me, it really shows, though, how big of fans Filoni and Favreau are, how, like, they they put so much attention to detail. They listen to the fans. Like, that's not their Luke in this film over here. But I've never had a problem with Luke in there. But uh, I just – I got to say, man, just the way – Filoni and Favreau have just done this show. Like, essentially, I'm going to say it, it's fan service for some things, but. Oh, absolutely. And it, it should be. Like, you know, it's like fan service in all the right ways without being pandering, you know? Yeah. It's not, it's not necessarily a bad thing because this is season two. They've earned this fan service and they implemented organically to serve their story. It's not like they. Let's put the story to the side. Here's fan service. They organically incorporated it. And again, they've earned it. They they played around a little bit in season one. Let's make our own thing. And now let's incorporate that into our own thing. Which I'm actually glad you brought up. Like, that's not their Luke. And I, I think, I know, again, the internet, the, the Last Jedi haters are in full force now. But to me, this, what we saw only emphasizes that look in the last chat i am actually um don't want to make anything too official because i'm still f- thinking about it but i'm probably going to do my first video essay about how this look that we saw in the mandalorian reinforces the look that we see in the last jedi mm. all right all right i see you there are two sides of the same coin man it's one and only it's one and only luke 
Well, also maybe like based on his experiences with, you know, cause I'm assuming with Ben, you know, with a uh, Kylo Ren pre Kylo mm-hmm. Ren, he is aware of Ben's power and his, uh, pre- like his potential to turn towards the dark side. Yeah. But Ahsoka also alludes to that with Grogu. Right. Yeah. So maybe Luke, Luke clearly goes into that having to be aware of that as well. Right. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, he, he trained. So yeah. it is possible that either Luke was the person who trained him and is like, this is kind of a redemption shot or B Luke is aware of this potential leaning towards the dark side and is like wanting to rectify that, but maybe it works, you know, Grogu becomes a Jedi and that's why he's willing to try it again with Ben. Yeah. And because he wants to pre- and because he wants to prevent what his father became. Exactly. And guys, we still have one more piece of this episode to talk about. Last one. The after, Let's go. The after credit scene. Good. We head, we head back to Tatooine, and we don't go back just to Tatooine. We get back to Jabba's palace. Which was man, there was some of that was good. Oh, straight Return of the Jedi vibes. I mean, obviously, yep. of course, the last like ten minutes of the episode was straight up Return of the Jedi. But the best movie, the best Star Wars movie. It's up there. I will say that. But uh, we see an overweight Bib Fortuna who, man, I literally thought died. I, I seriously didn't think he made it out of that sail barge when it blew up. Mm-hmm. But, Supposedly he died. If you go to the Star Wars website, it says he died. Someone <laughs> needs to update that. Yeah, but then again, someone... it says Palpatine died in that star, so, you know. I mean, he kind of did. True. Kind of did, just not really did. <laughs> but man, then Fennec makes her way down. Just kills all the Gamorrean guards, frees the Twi'lek, and then all of a sudden, here comes Boba. Oh, Boba, I thought you died. Shoots Bib Fortuna, throws him down, and he sits on Jabba's throne, man. And Fennec gets, Fennec releases his uh, slave, right? Yeah, Fennec releases his slave girl. That was was nice. The Twi'lek slave girl. Yeah. Just grabbing a booze for herself. And Boba Fett is now the king of the underworld. Boba Hut, am I right? Oh, Boba the, the Hut, the Boba Father. That's what I came Boba up Father. with. That is, that is so. That was such a, and that so that goes into. We were kind of talking about whether the series could be man, um, anthological, huh? Mythological, but uh, <laughs> an, but could be anthological or not, right? So this like confirms that you know it's the Mandalorian, but it can be about multi. It is now about multiple Mandalorians, not just Din's story. I actually disagree. Actually, actually they, uh, they just confirmed it today, earlier today. A uh, former Lucasfilm concept artist named Paul Bateman. This show is going to be its own self story. Oh, yes. So, the book of Boba Fett comes My out bad. December 2021. And I'm, I'm going to call it right now, man. It's coming out before Mando. It's going to oh, absolutely. Over until Mando. Okay. Well, I say either before or concurrently with Mando because you would discuss the concept of uh, the Ahsoka show running alongside Mando, right? So I think that's mm-hmm. also a possibility. I actually think it's going to come after or concurrently because they did mm-hmm. say earlier, uh, bef- a, a bit before the the second season came out that uh, the Global Bastard 
is not going to delay uh, season three. So yeah. if it comes out November, October next year, supposedly it's coming out November, October. But before, thank you, Austin, for bringing that up, that it was confirmed. I actually had a few uh, theories about the confirmation, why it is not the next season of Mando. The, the number one is just, I don't think they cheat us like that because the show is called The Mandalorian, not mm -hmm. A Mandalorian. Uh, number two is what I brought up earlier, that characters in this show, and they give a lot of emphasis to it, they do not consider Boba Fett a Mandalorian. So there's another point. Uh, and also, I, I just thought, yeah, this is going to be another show. It's going to be a mini-series. It's going to be a one-season thing. It's going to be like the, the CSIs or the Chicago shows that they oh, just yeah, exist right. at the same time. Or I, I, this is what I, I think, and honestly, I kind of hope. I feel like this is going to be our Boba Fett movie, whether it's actually yeah. full-fledged film, whether uh -huh. it's maybe an hour and a half long film, or I think it's going to be like six episodes, something like that. Because uh, between I mean, episode one or two came out, or between episode two and three came out of mm. the season of The Mandalorian, that there was this rumor of a Boba Fett show is going to is could be shooting right now or next week at the time the new the rumor came out and this is it i mean and once again it goes back to that idea of like the way that the fan base can guide your fan bases can guide something or the mm -hmm. beauty of the digital era like the streaming era yeah. right is that they get you know when you stream you have like this immediate critical response right with the internet and everything as opposed to movies with review embargoes xyz mm -hmm. And you have a quicker rate of return. You know, you have subscribers. People have to be subscribed. They're going to be home. They can stream it. They can binge it. I mean, mm -hmm. shoot, that's the thing is we live in binge culture now. Like if you drop all of the Mandalorian on a given weekend, people would truck through it. Case in point. Yeah. That's what I did. Um, but if you so if you release three Star Wars shows, two to three Star Wars shows simultaneously, boom, people will watch it. And that's like less than three hours, most likely, of a like week commitment. So, you know, you've yeah. got the possibility for this. But it goes back to like my Firefly argument, where if Firefly had come out like within the past five years, we'd have a sequel if it got dropped by Fox or whomever had it initially. So mm -hmm. it's like the Boba Fett movie was in its grave, and now you have a resurrection of it as a miniseries, which is a better way to handle it. For Just sure. like the character itself. Yep. Mm-hmm. So yeah, guys. Wow. <laughs> Rescue. Again, I agree with Andy 100%, man. This is a 10 out of 10. This is the best episode of the entire series. Uh, it's either that or the Jedi again to me. They're, yeah. they're interchanging for me, but it, it's one of the two. Again, man, it's a respectful answer, though. I mean, that was a very... Again, another character I wasn't excited to see, and that ended up being one of the best episodes of this season so far for me was uh, the sure. Ahsoka episode. There's also, I think something I want to delve into or I wanted to pick y'all's brains about is how many branching directions we now have. Um, none of them overlapping, none of them that I feel are going to get unresolved, but there's a lot going on in terms of plot threads that are going to be, that have been opened up, right? Like what, like what are y'all's thoughts on that? Because we have Thrawn, you know, we have Thrawn, we have Cara Dune and like the former Alderaan, <clears throat> Alderaan soldiers. We have the Children of the Watch. We have... Um, Bo-Katan's reclamation of Mandalore and her mm -hmm. wanting to get the Darksaber. We have the fact that Mando has the Darksaber. You know? I don't know. Like, what do y'all think about this? We have, like, so many. Like, there's at least ten. Oh, we yeah. still don't know who was trying to get Grogu's DNA. 
you know, and Grogu's being trained. It's there's at least like ten plot threads I'm counting that like can spin off into these new se- these next series. I could, I mean, kind of like we talked about earlier. I think obviously Thrawn's going to be a big part of uh, the Ahsoka show, but I'm man, I don't know. I don't know to be honest with you. I mean, because even like the end of this episode, like. Are we gonna see a Luke spinoff show now too? Eventually, like, are we gonna get more? Are we gonna get an adventure like, with Grogu and Luke, or what's the deal there now? I don't know. Maybe we get like Star Wars kind of Star Wars Jedi's or something of that name, you know, or Star Wars Padawans or something. I don't know where we go into Luke training this next generation of Jedi's or something, so that he's kind of a uh, side character of sorts, you know, mm-hmm. or a deuteragonist, like a co, you know, protagonist. But I don't know. Yeah, man. I mean, I don't know. I mean, at, at this point in time, man, any, anything is possible. I mean, even like we talked about yesterday, look at all the Marvel stuff coming out. I mean, yeah, they are. There's so much coming out, whether it's new films, whether it's a couple of shows here and there, and it's going to be tying in with other series. I mean, and once again, you can drop all of that. <clears throat> So you can drop all of it simultaneously. You're already going to make your money back. You're already going to get your critical reviews and it's going to instantly feed back into how you can drive your series moving forward. Mm-hmm. It's got a quicker turnaround than movies. So, Yeah, man, I just, I don't know. I, I, I don't have like a legit honest answer for you right now. Yeah. Ren, your thoughts on these lingering plot, th- plot, plot threads. There we go. I think they can get to them all with all these series that are happening concurrently and God knows who else they have planned that they haven't announced because they didn't announce the Boba Fett show and now it's right here. Um, so who knows? I, I like the potential yes. of, um, of let's say season three, episode four, Bo-Katan, not Bo-Katan, but one of the X-Wing pilots come in and help him out on a mission, and they mentioned, oh, I got to head this way because I'm going to do this thing. And then the following episode of Rangers of the New Republic, we see them doing exactly that thing that they mentioned and and stuff like that. Them interconnecting, I love that potential of engaging you to follow all these shows. Yeah, because once again, you're just now, like you guys have sold me on getting into, oh, you've sold me and Austin into getting into Rebels, and you've sold me into getting into the Clone Wars series, you know, backpedaling through content that I wouldn't yes. necessarily looked at twice, or that I have looked at, just never like wanted to make time for. There we go, is a better way to put it. I just brought up two random while you were gone, but uh, with the ending of this episode, do you think we're going to be getting like a Luke spinoff show? Like a little mini series of that as well. Honestly, no. I who knows? Especially this year, so much stuff has been announced that is surprising. You guys were talking about all the news about Spider-Man Three. Who would have called all those news? Nobody. Yeah. Uh, yet here we are. So I don't see it. And if they did, it'd be tough to do to do it with that CGI face. They'd have to cast. Sebastian Stan or, or someone else for that. Oh yes, the Sebastian and, Stan. And, and I don't and, and I don't know if they if they did this and it really felt like a treat. I feel it's gonna stay that way, and I think 
And I think I'll cherish shit much more uh, if it stays away. Luke is my number two character in Star Wars, mm -hmm. or number three, I don't know. Um, but he's one of the greatest heroes of all time. So if you do a show about him, of course I'll watch. Of course I'll, I'll be excited. But it, it will still be like, do we need it? Because like supposedly it's mm -hmm. just him training new Force users who are supposedly going to be Jedi. And we all know how that ends. Um, well, I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, I just, I just hope Kylo doesn't kill him, man. Well, I, I'll tell you what, he doesn't kill him because we're gonna get him back. Because Kylo right now is four or five years old at most, so those events are like uh, 10, 15 years away. And oh, uh, dude, no, they're like really further out than that. Uh, well, that really uh -huh. emphasizes my point. Mandalorian is gonna not gonna get that many seasons. <laughs> it's not gonna get 15, 16, 17 seasons. Um, oh, not with that attitude. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Uh, so I, I don't know. I don't. I don't think we see that. But as I was saying, I'm, I'm sure we get him back. Maybe only in season four if they have the balls to do that. Yeah. Uh, which I don't think they will. I don't want him to have those balls. Because um, he even got a supposedly, from what we understand, Grogu got a little training before the the Republic fell. So he's got. Yeah amount of training maybe he just got one day like luke and ray yes people ray and luke had the same amount of time so if you complain about ray not having any training you gotta complain about luke not having any training well, uh i mean because remember yeah that was what that's exactly what ahsoka was saying is that he was trained you know exactly. like but they kind of were fearful of his ability he basically got kicked out because of his like leaning his tent his leaning towards the dark side of the force yeah. you know is it was problematic and i mean the guy is fit the kid is 50 years old so there's so much backstory that hasn't been filled that I hope they pepper in, but don't like fully delve into. <laughs> and from and from what we know, they're afraid because the only other person of his species they know of is one of the top what three yeah. force users that there has ever been. Well, there's Yoda, and who else did you say? Yoda and. It's gotta be Yoda and 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 uh, Yaddle, but Yaddle, Yaddle is is and, and, and she's gone. We never see her using uh, the Force. Also, I think she dies in one of the comic series. I, I think she is, but I haven't read that personally. Also, we still we we still don't have a name for Yoda series. I mean, Yoda species. I wonder yeah. if that's going to be explored in these shows. I just I just need a name. Like, just make. I a don't name. want a name, man. Cow. I, I want. I, I, I want I wanted to stay, man. No, oh. I'm sorry. Can I'm saying this Disney, Disney Entertainment, all of Disney are cowards. All the whole like <laughs> for not naming Lucas. If they don't name Yoda species, they're cowards for it. I agree. I agree or, with Andy. Or they're respectful of the Star Wars. Can community. you imagine bringing him back and it's like he's safer with the species, and Mando has to find his species. If they're gonna do that, man, they gotta bring Lucas in for that. That's the only way I'm gonna be happy with it. That's the only way I will accept it. If it's just, if, I don't think it'll happen, but if like Kathleen Kennedy says something like, oh yeah, they're called the blah, blah, blah. It's like, mm, no. Yeah, or, yeah I don't want to find it out that way. I want to find or, out on the show. Or even right. Filoni, man. Even Filoni or Favreau. If either one of them could do it, I, I would accept it more, but I want it from Lucas, if anybody. Yeah, well, that, me I mean, that also goes into my biggest argument <clears throat> or one of my big arguments once again with the sequel series or my bad not even the sequel so like but just the 
sequel and the prequel movies is how much lore you needed from ancillary, like how much mythos building you needed from ancillary Star Wars media, you know, like comics and books, um, other television series, you know, like is how much world building you needed from those rather than just the, uh, just the movies alone. Okay. It's important. Darth Maul's character, you know, is how little you get him built into throughout the entire trilogy versus like, you know, Clone Wars and the comics. Good night. He's and the books. And Rebel. <laughs> and Rebel. Exact. Thank you. But, yeah, so they need to, for a show like The Mandalorian, it's up there, I would say. It's up there in terms of popularity and viewability with the actual core Star Wars movies. So I think that would be the best platform for, like, actually naming Yoda species if you're going to do it. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, Disney is cowards. <laughs> Man. Well, all right, guys. Uh, I think we have pretty much covered everything there is about this episode. But before we sign off, I want to make this quick little announcement. So we are going to come back for one more episode. We are going to do an entire season review. We're going to be taking the next few weeks off. Well, I'm going to be taking the next few weeks off from YouTubing. I've been... Been grinding pretty hard, man. I mean, this is my third podcast in the last three days. Thank you again, Andy, for having me on yours. Much appreciated. Thanks, Trey. But, uh, man, I just I want to just have one more good conversation about The Mandalorian. And I mean, I'm going to say, guys, like, if the door is open, if you guys want to come back for next season, I would love to have you two back again to do this again. Thanks, Trey. I, I, I was just assuming we were. <laughs> oh, well, all right, all right, all right. All right. <laughs> but right. uh, also to you guys uh for all you guys who are watching if not guys let's spread this around um for our final episode of the Talkalorian live i am going to post a link to that stream on my twitter we want mm-hmm. to get three guests in to talk with us as well so you guys are interested make sure you guys are following me on twitter and keep mm-hmm. your eyes out for that link i will i'm sure i'll talk to you too we'll come up with an actual date of when we will do this last episode of the talk of Lorian live yes i was sure. on that <laughs> but i i just want to thank both of you again man for being a part of this series it's been it's been a blast this has been probably some of the best and most fun stuff i've done since i've been youtubing just getting to geek out about Again, the geek out about Star Wars with fellow geeks. Same, and anything else we tangent onto, apparently. Yes, yes, yes. Lots we veered off lots of times, man, but they're always still fun conversations. So, lovely, seriously. So yeah, guys, make sure you stay tuned. Again, just make sure you guys are following me on Twitter. Keep your eye open for that link. Kylo Ren down there with his lightsaber ready to go. And uh, the Andalor, the Andalorian, right here. I got to come up with something. Um, Andalorian, Andalorian is good. I've got I no. Like that. I've got no Star Wars stuff. When my socks are over there, dang it! Oh wait. Oh boy, Andy's Andy's ready. Here he goes. Oh, nice. Yes. Lena, if you're out there, thank you, honey. This is my Star Wars <laughs> advent, my Star Wars sock advent calendar. Oh, that's so it. cool! Yeah, man, nerds unite! I love it so much. Of course. Yes. 
So, all right, guys, that is going to do it for the season finale episode of The Mandalorian. And, again, we're going to come back, man, a couple more weeks. So, uh, and like always, man, make sure you guys follow Andy and Ren on social media and subscribe sure. to our channels if you haven't already. With that being said, you guys, make sure you hit that like button. Subscribe if you haven't already. We'll see you in the next one. And this is the way. This is the way.